The Baggies Podcast, giving you the latest news, views and opinions on all things Albion. Now available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hello Baggies fans and welcome to another episode of The Baggies Podcast. Back again, the final day of the Premier League season has come and gone. You won't be watching West Bromwich Albion in the Premier League for at least another season. We've known that for the past couple of games, but... That's it now. You've watched your last dose of Premier League football for at least another year. Uh, A 3-1 defeat against Leeds United. Our fellow promotees last season, uh, automatically at least. Um, Yeah, it was a bit of a dull watch. We'll be going through all the latest match reaction from you guys and myself. And then we'll also be diving in to the deep, deep conundrum is the Albion manager situation. Because last time we spoke, Sam Allardyce, we had the impression that he still had the full intentions to stay as manager. But... Since then, since the game against uh, the game against um, West Ham in midweek, he's decided that that is not for him. So we'll be going through all of that. We'll be talking about Sam Allardyce, his decision to leave, and then I'm getting your thoughts because I need you for this one. I need you to tell me who is your manager. You've been coming in on Twitter. You've been barra- You've been barraging me with um, messages about who. Uh, about who does, who's going to be coming in as manager. You guys have been tweeting, you guys have been messaging. So yeah, we'll be reading out all of those. And I'll also be giving my pick as West Bromwich Albion manager in this episode. So stick around till the end for that. But first, it's time to mull over a fairly disappointing defeat at Leeds United. But if you're new around here, make sure you uh, drop a follow or a subscription onto the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or subscribe on YouTube is just as just as lovely. Or get involved via the podcast for future episodes at the Baggies Pod or at Louis Bent underscore. But without further ado, let's get this in. Let's get into this. Okay, let's go. What a dull afternoon at Ellen Road for Leeds West Bromwich Albion. I mean, you look at the, t- the two sides that played today, and you think, did they come up together as b- basically equals for most of the season until COVID hit, and we decided to go on a bit of a slump? But are those were those two teams ever on par? Doesn't see. It feels like it, light years away since we were. Since then, a five nil, a five nil defeat and a three one win for Leeds. There, I mean, it's a pretty pretty sad way to look at things. Now, look at the way that they've completely leapfrogged us from the side that was uh, on par with us for most of last season. But perhaps you know, towards after COVID, we did slump off. But you think about that's that those two were two on par sides, really, weren't they? So. Yeah, it's a shame to see that, but yeah, we'll, we'll go into a bit of the game. I feel like um, we sort of rolled over for Leeds. We didn't really give them much of a <laughs> any anywhere near as much of a a tussle as we probably should have or could have because they were, you know, they were they they were barely got even out of got even out of second gear Leeds, and that's a compliment to them really because they didn't really have to work very much to get their victory. Let's be honest, we we sort of just sat deep and waited for them to score. There were far too many passengers in the game. I mean, I don't get the point in playing Maitland-Niles. I kind of get the point in playing Colin Gallagher and Yukuslu because those are the two that maybe you might want to keep next season. But Maitland-Niles isn't staying. Why is he supporting even having him near the pitch, really? Um, there were so many youngsters on the bench for a starter, which is nice to see youngsters on the bench. But we want to see youngsters on the pitch. We want to see these uh, young lads who have come for our academy getting the chance. Today we had uh, Tim Arabunum who has, has been playing very well in the under-18s and also the under-23s. If you watch that cup run for the FA Cup, you'll, have know, you'll know that he's been scoring absolute worldies after worldies in that particular those particular games. Then we've got 
we got Caleb Taylor, who's also been very good in those games, was on the bench against Arsenal. Um, so yeah, he's he was also there. And then we've got Taylor Gardner-Hickman, who I think has been in for uh, three games so far, the past three games, and obviously this one in the squad. So yeah, they're on the bench, but they haven't been, they haven't been played at all. I mean... <laughs> Uh, I, I get that you need to sort of build up that match day experience, maybe for next season if you you want to settle some nerves because they are going to have some nervy moments. To be quite honest, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange one. It's a very strange one, but yeah, some youngsters included on the bench today. But there were plenty of players in that first squad. Robinson didn't particularly look interested. My 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 sort of um problem is is that Allardyce announced his future before this game. I didn't see what the point was of looking next to the next one because at the moment the players looked like they were giving about 50%, uh, probably reflected by the fact that they've got a manager who's going to not be given his all because it's his final game in charge of West Bromwich Albion and he knows it and all the players know it. So they're looking at the manager and they're like, he doesn't want to be here, does he? He's not He's not our manager anymore. So um yeah it's it's not really, I, I didn't quite agree i get he has to announce it at some point but i don't see why that has to be why that has to be now what it why it had to be right then but yeah uh dean garner got a bit of a game as well so did how robson carney robson carney scoring the only west brom gabby goal of the game that's a two and three for him now so yeah uh yeah very good to see him getting on the score sheet obviously he's the one that most people will moan and groan at when he comes on but he still has managed to get a couple of goals in these past few games dean garner Getting a few appearances here, Leeds, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal. Uh, nice to see him getting some minutes. I mean, uh, he was okay in the with the West Ham game and the Liverpool game. I think he was. He did a couple of nice skill moves. Did a couple of nice skill moves today. Could have scored actually. Dean Garner had the whole Leeds defence sat on their backsides, and all he had to do was plant it into the upper path of the net, and he just chucked it into the stand. So, yeah, that was a shame to see. Leeds obviously bid uh, quite an emotional farewell to two 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 long-standing players uh, in the 70th minute of Gatano Baradi, who's been there since 2014, and uh, Pablo Hernandez, too, who has been there since uh, 2016 as well. So it's a bit of emotional farewell. Nice to see the Leeds fans in the ground. I do have to say, you know, it's very nice to see them uh, coming to support the team. Obviously, it's fun. I, I don't. I know people say, oh, they're opposition fans, why are you saying that? But, you know, I think we could all agree it's nice to see everybody back in the grounds and people getting a go to, to go and watch the team play again. doesn't really, really matter who you support, but, um, yeah, it's nice to see them back in the ground again and it was nice to see our fans back in the ground in, in midweek against West Ham. So saw a lot of people on Twitter going to that, so glad that uh, even though it was a defeat, I think it did spur the players on a bit more. It just makes you think, imagine what things would be like if... Um, if we didn't, if we if we had fans in the ground all season, I think it'd be a bit different, especially under Allardyce playing on that crowd, playing on that crowd outside, and I feel like some of these thrashings just wouldn't have gone the same, because when you need a bit of motivation, the fans can often provide you with that. However, if they're not in the ground, they can't really do anything. Uh, however, they can't really do anything like that. Really, if you think about it, they can't really cheer you on you can imagine that they're there and we are all there but there isn't anybody there but i think it's difficult to watch this season we'll be doing some more we'll be doing, hoping to get some nice guests on over the next few weeks to do some season reviews and hopefully talk things through with some albion fans and 
get them get their thoughts on the entire season. This is just sort of a recoup of the past week or so, and then perhaps a managerial situation. Managerial situation, but we'll be having a couple of season reviews, and then we'll have a nice little summer break. I think from the Albion, I think a lot of people have needed their break from the Albion. It's it's been a long season for the fans um, and the club, really. It's not been good. It's there's been rare moments of fantastic joy against Chelsea, against uh, Southampton, some nice wins there. Wolves, as well. That probably goes without saying, but you know there's been some nice wins in there. Unfortunately, there's been far too many defeats that have led to a, quite a lot of emotional strain on West Brom fans. Let's be honest, it's not been an enjoyable season. I, I think a lot of Albion fans have been you know reasonably upset by by this season, and it's probably affected them quite a lot. But yeah, so it'd be nice to have a little break from the Albion. I think people have. You know, people have said that, and it'd be nice to go and watch the Euros and see some watch games without having to really rest on one particular side. I'm sure a lot of you will be supporting England, but I'm sure there are other nations. We've got some American listeners, but they'll they won't be in the Euros. They'll be doing the Nations League in the in the um, in the North American sort of championships, and then there's the South American. I'm sure. I think there's a few Argentinian listeners from what I can see that listen to that. So it'd be nice to have a break. But today's game was. Uh, 10% played for Albion. There wasn't much effort being put in, I think. Um, Matt Phillips, for me, he played all right, but there were quite a few times where he moved away from challenges. The same with uh, Maitland-Niles, who I thought was fairly poor. Didn't had a chance to score and didn't really put any conviction into his shot. Uh, he's made 14 appearances for us now, along with um, Yukuslu, who's got 15, and then you've got Gallagher, who's played most of the season with um, 31. So there's been plenty of chances for these lone players and obviously Diagne, who has got 16 games under his belt for, for West Brom, obviously the first one of that bunch of lone players to come in. Um, uh, he got three goals to assist. Won't be keeping him next season, I think. That's been made pretty clear by the fact that he's um, he's not been he's not, he's not not been playing, really. He played one minute against West Ham and that was about that. But yeah, in terms of lone players, who, who would I keep? Who would I get to stay? So we've got Maitland-Niles, Gallagher... You've got Diagne and you've got uh, Kaya Kushlu. So Maitland-Niles, I keep... Uh, sorry, I, I send back to Arsenal. I send him back. Uh, I wouldn't keep him even if they were offering him for, for about £10 million. I wouldn't even look at that or touch that because he hasn't shown enough quality for me. I get that he's a tidy footballer. I get that he's got legs in the midfield. He's provided us with some fantastic cover and good uh, energy in the midfield because he's young, he's a fresh player. Um, but I wouldn't keep him if the price was £10 million, quite frankly. I don't think he's got enough quality on the ball. I don't actually think he uh, works works hard enough in that midfield. Another one is Conor Gallagher, who's debatable for me because he's available for £9 million. I don't, I don't think we'll afford that at all. I think it'll be one that... A Premier League team will probably come in and pl- pay for him. Uh, I think it's probably a job for somebody like Crystal Palace or, or Brighton. I can see coming in for him. But yeah, he's worked his socks off this season, Conor Gallagher, and he's deserved a big round of applause from West Brom fans because he, he's just he's put his heart and soul on the line every single game. There's been no question about that. He's had every inch of um, effort has been put into West Brom. And that is a lone player that you're talking about there. That isn't a that isn't a player who's been here since they were a child. That isn't a player who's been here for ten years. That's Conor Gallagher who's just coming to make his way as a footballer. But he's worked his socks off. Yes, he lacks quality on the ball, but he's done for me a very good job. He's been uh, very very active, always looking to put in a challenge. So I rate that from him. 
playing 90 minutes week in, week out. Uh, yeah, for me, he's done a very good job. And I wouldn't wouldn't really mind seeing him again next season. I know we won't pay nine million, but it was, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing him at all next season. It wouldn't be a problem for me. I wouldn't mind that because I know he'll put 110% into our shirt, uh, whether he's playing on loan or playing on a permanent deal. By Diagne, for me, is no a no-go at all. Not for me. Sorry. Uh, I don't think he's got the goal-scoring prowess to score goals in the championship. I don't. I, if you actually, this is a nice little time to plug my latest article for WBA Latest, which is a social media network to do with West Bromwich Albion, and I've written an article about him by Diagne, and there'll be a link in the description of this podcast if you'd like to li- if you'd like to have a little read, and it essentially goes through uh, the sort of things that he's done this season and and whether he's worth keeping. I mean, I don't think he's worth keeping. I'll spoil that for you now, but. If I just read out a few things that I've said about, I've said in that particular article, and perhaps make some comparisons to other players in the Premier League, and and we can talk about that because I think he's done an okay job leading the line, but quality is just not there, and the competitiveness has not been there. So he sits in the top 84% of strikers in the Premier League for area duels, winning 3.64 of these per 90 minutes. So that's that's a good value. However, in terms of losing aerial duels, he sits. In some of the highest value for this particular stat, losing 7.5 on. So he's winning quite a lot. He's just getting involved in a lot, but he's losing most of them essentially. Um, so that that's that's one. And then um, shot creating actions, he's quite high up because probably because he's our only focal point that we've been playing up front. So yeah, I can understand that. Um, but he sits in the bottom eight percent for attempted pressures in the Premier League this season for Premier League strikers with 10.46 per 90 minutes. So if you think Mbidi Agne is a is pressing an opposition defender every ten every nine nine ten minutes is what we're trying to look at here. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. Um and he ranks in the top ninety six percent of Premier League strikers for miscontrols per ninety, which I think is a little embarrassing. My my conclusion is I for one haven't been wholly convinced that he'll be able to make his mark in the Premier League, despite providing a bit of a handful for Premier League defenders. I believe he could cut it in the Championship. However, with budgets set to be tight this summer, it's unlikely that wage demands will be let. Uh, I don't think he'll be staying. I don't think there's a cat in hell's chance that he'll stay because of the wage demands, and I completely understand that, and I, I get that. But, you know, I think he could have given a bit more for the shirt. He did for the first five five or six games when it looked like there was a chance, but in the end has fallen short of the mark and has disappointed a lot of Albion fans. As for Akaya Kushlu, the final loan player, You've got to put out the stops to sign him this summer. How I haven't seen people circling with their, you know, how I haven't heard people thinking about signing Okaya Kushlu in the Premier League is beyond me because he could do a job for any, um, any Premier League, any Premier League club. For me, I think he's more than good enough, and he would deserve his place in the Premier League. How we haven't really got round that and tried to try to sign him on a permanent. I think we need to do it. I think. You know you have to give your all for this, and unfortunately, you'll probably lose out to another Premier League to a Premier League club. But we've got to give a hundred percent and try and sign him because he could potentially win us the league next season. He could potentially get you promoted. So Akaya Kushlu is a yes for me. But that's my thoughts on the current crop of loan players. But let's go on to talk about the manager because that's the most important thing that people are thinking about at the moment. With Sam Allardyce on his way out, managed his final game for West Brom today. Let's see who could be in the running for the next West Bromwich Albion manager. We'll be doing a special on managers at some point as well, podcast special, perhaps at some point over the summer. But yeah, we'll be seeing who's going to be having a look at the managers right away. Let's go. Manager, manager, manager. Who's going to be the manager? Let's see. 
there's been quite a few front runners on West Bromwich Albion's shortlist, according to re reputable journalists around the West Bromwich Albion um, West Bromwich Albion camp. We'll look at what Joe Massey says about um, about what he thinks about the um, about what the uh, about what he thinks about that. Uh, he tends to get things fairly spot on from the Express and Star about what he thinks about the manager. So let's have a look and let's have a look at the finalising the shortlist. So, from my understanding, I think Chris Wilder is very high up in the priorities. He's a name on the list. Um, uh, so, we've also got Valerie and Ishmael from Barnsley. Um, yeah, uh, Ter John Terry apparently was a bookie's favourite, but he's not going to be on the shortlist, along with um, uh, Eddie Howe. Um, David Wagner is not in the running for the job despite being a bookie's favourite. But Allardyce, this is what Allardyce had to say about talking, apparently he's had a hand in the decision. So he's got to say, he says, you've got to look at what success they've had, wherever they might have been, whether it's in the lower division or in this league themselves. I still think it's risky sometimes taking a foreign manager in this league to try and get up in your first season, unless it's a foreign manager who was already in the country. If he knows about the country and the way it works, it might be an option to bring somebody on without experience, but it's a lot more risky than somebody in this country, either British or foreign, that already knows the way it works here. And you've got to think about sustainability and building, because only one in three clubs go up on average in their first year. It may take a bit longer than many think. So, the angle that we're getting here is that they're looking for somebody who's experienced and knows the league. Whether they've come up through the league or whether they've just managed in the league. Um... John Terry is absolutely not on Albion's shortlist, according to us, which is very good to see, which is, you know, rightful. I don't think anybody would really want John Terry as a manager just picking out, um, just picking out whoever, uh, just picking out whoever basically the, the manager wants, to be honest. But yeah, I'm, I'm concerned for what's going to happen, if I'm being honest with the manager. I think there's not too many fantastic options. But there's uh, some some nice ones, some high-profile ones, but there's not fantastic. So Chris Wilder is the bookmaker's favourite for a reason. We, apparently we've had discussions, but according to uh, quite a few reputable news sources, he wants more than £25,000 a week, which is what we've offered him. And he still firmly believes he's a Premier League manager after managing with Sheffield United. Um yeah, if we're not convinced that he's been scarred badly by the experience of Sheffield United, he may just end up coming. Frank Lampard is probably the most high-profile name on the list. The former Chelsea manager has more going for him than just a reputation. I mean, he he has got an ability to, to manage a good football team. But I feel like, yeah, it would give us a bit of pull in terms of players coming into the club. You think about the connections he has with Chelsea perhaps even the connection that he has with Man City because he did play for them for a little bit. So there could be a chance of some lone players in there. So, yeah, we'd have to see about that one. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, he led Derby to the Championship playoffs and probably deserved to potentially go up or unlucky not to go up. Uh, and his side played nice, um, nice, attractive football in the Championship and then played some decent football with Chelsea. And he's up for developing those young players. Um yeah, I think um, Lampard, he's got to get this next appointment right for him, I think. I think whoever it is, whether he comes to us, I think he's been deterred a bit by the Palace job due to all the expiring contracts because I think he knows that they could potentially be in a bit of a dogfight next season. However, I think 
Lampard could bring a bit of star quality, a bit of... I know he'd be known as Frank Lampard, West Brom. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But I think he could bring something different to us. I think he could bring a bit of pulling power in terms of loan players and in terms of development. Um, I think he could really help develop the younger players at the club and I think that would be do nothing but good for us. Eddie Howe has had three promotions on his Premier League. Um, having led Bournemouth from League 2 to the Premier League. It's Bournemouth played... Bournemouth side played nice football... But he spent heavily in terms of getting uh, after, in, in that final couple of seasons in the Premier League. Uh, he is an impressive character, but he doesn't seem to me like he's the right fit for what we're looking at because he has spent a lot of money at Bournemouth. Uh, other ones, Michael Appleton is one that people are looking at. Uh, my personal pick, I'm going to say it now before we start getting into what you think, is Enzo Maresca. I'm going to say Enzo Maresca. I mean... Maybe he's not a serious contender, maybe he's not on the shortlist, but I think you need to give somebody like him a go. A younger manager, worked under Pep Guardiola, managed the reserves for some time now. I think, if it does feel a bit too early in his coaching journey to be honest, but he did play for West Bromwich Albion. And I think he was put in charge for quite a few West Ham games when working under Manuel Pellegrini. So I would like to see him... As the as the manager, him or Frank Lampard, I'm not convinced on Chris Wilder because he does make some odd choices with transfers. Frank Lampard would for me for the pulling power, but I kind of want Enzo Maresca. I want to see somebody like him come in. Who would Arteta manage before he hired Arsenal? He has done a pretty shabby job, but still has proved that he, he's got them into that Euro Euro. He hasn't got them into European football, but he's you know managed to get them close to it and managed to get them towards a, a good a good European finish, but. Um, I believe that Enzo Maresca would do a good job he plays some nice football and I think he could develop a, quite a lot of players and it's time to give somebody a proper rebuilding job it's time to give somebody a proper proper challenge uh, and time to give us something sustainable because at the moment it just feels like we're wavering we're just wavering waiting for that manager to come in who's going to just take us up and I feel like we have to take a bit of a gamble to do so but let's have a look at what you guys think because I don't want to leave you out. I don't want to leave you in the in the lurch and and show you what you guys think. I given oh another option is Steve Cooper of Swansea, but I think the payout that we'd have to pay him is going to be a bit too much for us to handle considering he's I know he's only got a year left on his deal, but I think considering Swansea's failed promotion, I think he may require some funds. So podcast recording imminently. I'd love to know who your favourite manager who, you, who you'd like to be the manager of West Brom is. I'll put the front runners in a poll, but feel free to stick your other choice in the comments. So, bottom of the poll, Steve Cooper with 8%. Next up is Valerian Ishmael with 16%. Chris Wilder with 26%. And Frank Lampard with 50% of the vote. So you guys have made your voice clear. Uh, a comment from Black Country Cad says, Wagner, David Wagner. Uh, for me, David Wagner, not he's not on the shortlist, but the way things went at Schalke who used to be a very talented European club I mean, a couple of years ago. Does concern me a little bit about the way that things are, about the way things went there. Uh, Frank Lampard for me is is alongside Enzo Maresca is my first choice. I don't know whether I'm kind of romanticizing that idea of Enzo Maresca because he's played under Guardiola or sorry, coach under Guardiola, but maybe that might be the case. But for me I think we need to just rebuild. I think we need to just have a nice little project that we go with. We don't push the panic button. Don't expect to get promoted in your first season. Give it a bit of time and then it might just come for you when you least expect it. 
But that's my thoughts on the Albion manager situation. It's going to be difficult, but we need to know quickly. We need to know now. Uh, but thank you know the season's over now. We'll be doing a bit of stuff hopefully towards in the next couple of weeks with some different guests. Hopefully, perhaps proving some different things and having a look at some managerial candidates and maybe looking back on the season behind us. But yeah, it's been a difficult one and it's been a been a long one. But we hope to see something better among the horizon for Albion fans and supporters of the club. I think it's nearly time to make that move and make that move in the right direction. We'll have to see. But Albion fans, it's going to be difficult, but you've got to stick with it. Trust the process. We'll be fine. And I promise that we will get back to the Premier League in a few few years' time at least. I think we just need to be patient. We need to calm ourselves down. And we need to have a think about what we're doing before we start charging into situations. Uh, and the owner needs to go. I think he needs to I think he needs to sod off, to be quite frank. I think it's about time he needs to leave. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the manager situation. And cheers, you guys, for getting involved as well. But without further ado, that does bring me to the end of this week's Baggies podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. Keep an eye out on our Twitter feeds for any potential next episodes and guest reveals. We'll be talking more about that towards next week, maybe a special guest coming in, and we'll see what we can do. I'll see what I've got up my sleeve, but I hope to speak with you guys soon. And hopefully, if you just go over to Twitter at the Baggies Pod, we can find you can get involved. You can maybe just look at the guests because I release them on Twitter and Instagram quite early. So at the Baggies Pod for both of them, make sure you just drop into that, and we'll see what we'll see what we can do. But that is the Albion, that is the Albion, uh, the Albion fan podcast for this week, the Baggies podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. And the season's over now. You can relax, just calm down. We can all calm down, and we'll see you uh, hopefully next week. See you later. Goodbye.